Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. As all of America knows, this week, earlier this week, we just had our midterm elections. And um, as all of you also know, the eyes of the nation were on Georgia. Uh, They were looking at Georgia's gubernatorial race as well as Georgia's U.S. Senate races. And so as of the publishing of this podcast, the gubernatorial race has been decided. And we do know that uh, Governor Brian Kemp will serve a second term as the governor of the great state of Georgia. And uh, Stacey Abrams, I'm sure why she won't be the governor of Georgia, I'm sure um, we will um, certainly see her in other uh, political spheres and political arenas. So I'm sure she'll be fine and she'll go on to do some other things. However, the U.S. Senate race between uh, Ref, uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker is still undetermined. And that means that they'll have to go to a runoff. Neither of the candidates got 50 percent and one vote. And that's just uh, uh, the Georgia Constitution that the uh, statewide candidates have to get at least 50% and one vote in order to be determined the winner. So in another four weeks, there'll be a runoff. So what does that mean? What that means that for us, with all the political ads that we were seeing leading up to the midterm elections, we are going to, unfortunately for us in Georgia, continue (laughs) to see more ads for another four weeks. So the runoff um, the runoff campaign or the runoff election will be in four weeks. So I think it's the, I think it's the first week in December. So what is the point of all of this? And what do I really want to point out? A couple of things. Number one, the pollsters and the pundits had predicted that there would be a massive red wave that would come through during these midterm elections. What does that mean? A red term wave in the sense that the Republicans would have uh, win so many seats in the House as well as in the Senate that uh, they would be in the majority in both houses of Congress. Well, let's fast forward three days after the um, after the midterm elections. And what do we find? Right now, we have more than two dozen House races, uh, 27 to be exact, that have yet to be called. So and then in terms of key Senate races, Georgia being one of them, uh, they have their several key Senate races that have yet to be decided. And so actually the majority of the Senate, whether it will be Republican or Democrat um, going forward in 2023 and beyond is still up in the air. And so, again, what's the point of all of this? What's the point of all this is the fact that um, the pollsters and the pundits who had predicted these waves had predicted it was going to be a bloodbath, uh, a, a, a figurative bloodbath in terms of the results for the Democrats. Uh, and then the Republicans were going on very uh, confident, overconfident in terms of what would happen. Um, got it wrong. <laughs> the long and the short of it is on both sides got it wrong. So it wasn't quite the uh, the the red wave, if you will, that the Republicans Republicans were expecting, and it wasn't quite uh, the loss of seats that the Democrats were expecting, and the quote unquote experts um got it wrong. 
And so, what does this tell me? What does the, what should this tell you? It should tell us something about us as humans. We are fallible. We don't know it all, and we don't have all the answers. And so, the first thing I want to do is I want to quote a man that you uh, may have heard of, and I usually go to him quite often when I'm in need of wisdom and wise counsel. Of course, it's none other than Solomon, right? And so, what does he say in Ecclesiastes one and nine? Solomon says, that which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun, right? And so I really love how the New Living Translation reads. The New Living Translation says, or reads, history merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. And here's what I love, I love, 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 love about God's word is that God's word is always true. What do I mean? We don't have to worry about God predicting something or saying something in his word and it not come true like we have with the quote unquote political experts and the pollsters and the pundits and the talking heads who made all of these predictions and none of it turned out to be quite as they had predicted. But what God tells us and what God reminds us of is that everything that God tells us in God's word is true and it will always be true. It will always come to pass. And so here's the other thing, though, is the Bible reminds us that there is nothing new under the sun. And again, whenever these political seasons come, whether it's midterm elections or um, general elections every four years or the midterms every two, I think back to November of 2020 not that long ago, right? Two years ago. And uh, several days had gone by before it was determined that now President Joe Biden had actually won the election. But not only that, family, I think back to 2000, the year 2000, the presidential election, where Vice President Al Gore was running against then Governor George W. Bush, the younger Bush, um, where he was running And the outcome of that election was not known for, you ready, family? The outcome of that election was not known for 37 days. And so if you'll recall, the outcome of that election was dependent upon one state, and that was Florida. And so as it turns out, George W. Bush ultimately was determined to be the winner. And so when that happened, I don't know if you recall, some of you are, are maybe too young to remember, but some of most most of us remember that when that happened, many in the African-American community were very distraught over the election of George W. Bush. We were fearing the worst for our community. Um, uh, we were fearing that there would be ups and downs and highs and lows. And so during President Bush's um, presidency, uh, many things did happen. Of course, most notably and most infamously that will live on in American history was, of course, the events of 9-11, where the Twin Towers were attacked and the Pentagon and the plane that was crashing Somerset County, Pennsylvania. Then that's when the Iran war with, with, Iraq, with Iraq began and, you know, Hurricane Katrina and so many other things. But here's what I want us to remember that even during those tumultuous times, not only did we survive, but we thrived and we play a vital role. We played, we being the African-American community, played a vital role in electing the 44th president of the United States in 2008. And you got it. It was none other than uh, President Barack Obama. 
And even with President Barack Obama's presidency and his administration, there were ups and downs. Um, there were highs and lows. There were many achievements, right? Um, and I could go on and on. Most notably for President Obama was the Affordable Care Act, which we all have affectionately come to call Obamacare, right? So that was kind of the hallmark or the, uh, the keystone of his uh, presidential legacy, one of them. Certainly uh, being the first African-American president uh, trumps it all in terms of history. And speaking of Trump, and then in 2016, there was this man, Donald J. Trump, who was elected president. And again, I remember the distress um, over his election that it caused so many in our community. And I remember clearly just saying two things to people who were distraught and people who were upset. And I remembered saying these. I remember saying our system of government is greater than any one man including the president, right? And so the way that we set up our government is we set it up to be separate but equal branches of government. And just a brief, remember your um, your American history, right? We have the executive branch, which covers the president, his cabinet, and his appointees at the um, executive level. We have the legislative branch, which is Congress, which of course makes up the House and the Senate, and they pass the laws and then send them on to the president to be approved. And if the, the president vetoes, of course, it can be overridden by a two thirds majority. Uh, a presidential veto can be overridden, over, over, overridden. And then we have the judicial branch, our court system, the Supreme Court, the federal court system, but primarily the Supreme Court system, right, to interpret the laws. And again, this is just the way that our system of government is set up. And so even with our flawed system of uh, even with our system of government, with its flawed men and women, there are checks and balances. And so, again, I say, as we look at these results of the midterm elections, here's the second thing that God reminded me of this week is that God is in complete control. And none of these election cycles, none of the turmoil, none of the chaos catches our God by surprise. Right. So now here we are three days after the midterm elections in 2022 and the fate of Congress is still undecided. Will Nancy Pelosi be speaker of the House? Will she not? You know, will uh, the Democrats maintain, uh, you know, uh, the majority in the Senate or will it be even or split or will the Republicans? All of those questions, all of those questions. My advice today in 2022 would be the same as it was back in 2000, would be the same as it was back in 2016, would be the same as it was back in 2020. Again, God is in complete control. And that's what we need to remember. Psalm 24 and 1, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. And so Romans 13 and 1, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities for there is, here it is family, for there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So however this turns out, right? However this turns out, whatever the final analysis will be, however the situation turns out in Nevada and Georgia as it relates to the Senate race in Wisconsin, however that turns out, and then whether it's Democrats or Republicans, we need to make sure, and however these other House 27 other House races turn out, we need to make sure that we look to God as our final authority. Let's make sure that we look to him as the source of our peace, 
that we look to him as the source of our security, that we look to God as the source of our strength and our peace of mind, regardless of which party controls Congress. And I would even say in another two years, regardless of which party or person is in the White House, right? So it doesn't matter whether you vote a Democrat, doesn't matter whether you vote Republican in the sense of God has it under control. As you know, as we talked about last week, um, I strongly encourage us to participate in the political process as believers, because again, we have a stake and a say. We are taxpayers. We are citizens of this country. And so we have a say in who should represent us in the halls of Congress. But again, not to the not to the point where we're dismayed if our candidate does not win. Now, yes, we want our candidates to win, whoever they may be, but we want them to win. But here's the thing. It should not shake us so much and that we look at life through the lens of gloom and doom because our candidate has not won. I've just given you a brief 22 year history throughout that 22 year history where things, candidates and people, one who may not we may not have felt were good for our community, but because God is with us, because God is in control, because God is sovereign, it did not turn out the way that we thought that it should. But at the same time, we are still here, still thriving, still surviving. And so I would say this again, we've read this many times on this podcast, but it is so appropriate now with uh, rising inflation, with rising interest rates, with shortages of oil and other commodities, what I would encourage us to do is to do this. Number one, be prudent, be wise in terms of our resources, be prudent and wise in terms of our finances. But then once we do all that we can do, here's the other thing. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Ultimately, as believers in Christ Jesus family, we can take comfort in knowing that our ultimate citizenship is in heaven. Philippians 3 and 20, for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This world and the dealings thereof is not our final destinations. We will do our part to present the kingdom of God while we're here on the earth. We will do our part to represent the kingdom, to represent Christ while we're here on earth. But we will not allow the affairs of this life to cause us to be anxious or stressed, right? We will not. Let's remain active as I talked about last week in terms of um, the strategy or the blueprint for taking back our community. It begins with prayer. Ah, and this is right on right in sync with that. Be anxious for nothing but by everything, by prayer and thanks. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Right. Let your requests be made known to God. And so let's be politically active. Let's be um uh, civilly active in our local communities. Let's stay involved and get engaged in what's happening in our local communities. Again, reflecting on last week's podcast and the things that we can do at the local level, at our city, county, um, community, school boards, uh, neighborhood associations, all of those. Let's do what we can um, in and around, not just in and around the lecture season, but throughout. Because again, we are instruments in God's hands. We are to be those living letters, those living examples, those living epistles 
Gospels to be read by all of humanity, by everyone with whom we come in contact with. Why? Because we are called to be difference makers in our society. We are called to be difference makers in our world. And let's do that. Let's do that by being active. Let's do that by praying. And then just like the example that we talked about last week, we pray and Nehemiah prayed, but then he went to work. He got busy doing the things that God has called him to be to do. So remember, family, again, we ought to be anxious for nothing and know that God has everything in, in control and none of this is taking him by surprise. So again, remember, family, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by audionautics.com.